Now, when I was a kid, food was food. Well, our scientific magicians poisoned the water, polluted the soil, decimated plant and animal life. Why, in my day, you could buy meat anywhere. Eggs they had, real butter, fresh lettuce in the stores. I know, Saul, you told me before. How can anything survive in a climate like this? A heat wave all year long. Hello Now Playing listeners and Happy New Year. It's your host Stuart, wishing the very best to you and yours in 2023. If you're like me, you're thinking about those pesky New Year's resolutions. And can you, should you put more focus on eating better this year? Well, I got some help. Now Playing this week is releasing a show made for you. Become a goal level donor Get our latest podcast on superfood of the future, Soylent Green. That's right. Those delicious green wafers come celebrity endorsed by Charlton Heston, who you know as the star of those other dystopian classics, Planet of the Apes and Omega Man. Yeah, Chuck can't shut up about the way that these things come packed with vitamins, nutrients, and the strong flavor of blood and senior citizens. (laughs) Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. Stop this recording, go hunt down the 1973 film Soylent Green, watch it, because any more discussion of that is going to spoil it, come back to us. But if you know, and I think most sci-fi fans do, you're going to want to hear Jacob Arnie and I really digest this classic dystopian film. Here's a clip of the show. Yeah, if the brownish film tone doesn't tell you it's 70s the sideburns should yeah they kept saying soylent green but i'm thinking soiled green and it's like yeah that (laughs) shitty looking green color that's all over everything yeah they do this overlay i guess it's like smog or pollution in the air i don't think this is a good looking movie it's ugly i don't think that the 70s-ness that we're talking about is an asset to this film even though it is an ugly film about an ugly subject matter I think there's a way of aestheticizing. Take 1984, for example, a disgusting world that looked beautiful to behold because of the way it was shot. Here, Richard Fleischer, he was a hack. He always was a hack. He was famous for doing some sci-fi in the 60s, Fantastic Voyage, if you know that one. People get shrunk and stuck inside a body and fight white blood cells and what have you. Yep, I know that. Yeah, the original Dr. Doolittle. Long before Eddie Murphy, he did the Conan sequel and Amityville 3 and God help me, Mandingo. I don't even want to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. Richard Fleischer has always been a a populist, made popular films that just weren't very good, I guess is the way I would put it. And here, I don't feel like he's bringing a whole lot to the look of this film. I do like the one image you you refer to in which Charlton Heston, each morning, part of his morning routine, is stepping (laughs) on people going down the stairs. And there are other details. Like, I noticed this time, like, at the top of the stairs, there's a guy with, like, a machine gun. They're always talking about riots going on. I feel like this is an ugly world situation they're portraying in this film, so maybe the way it looks matches that. Like, it is a dirty, grimy-looking film, and it's a dirty, grimy world that I would not want to be in. Agreed. And so you could make that argument. You can make the argument that we shouldn't want to aestheticize this. It shouldn't be a good looking film. I would make a counter argument of you can make ugly worlds look good. And this is just an ugly looking film. 
But is that a detriment for you? Like, I, I agree, you could do something like that looks amazing and still ugly, but that's never a problem, the aesthetics of this film for me. Oh, okay. Here's what's funny to me is that I do agree with you, Stuart, that this film is ugly most of the time, but during the scenes when we end up in the rich guy's apartment, I think it suddenly looks a lot better. And mm. I wonder if this is intentional, if like they're really trying to sell us on the world is an ugly place, but then cleaning it up a lot when we get into the wealthy spaces and seeing how the other half lives or the other 1%. Well, certainly, yes. Obviously, when we get to Joseph Cotton, he's living large. He's got the first arcade cabinet. Apparently, this is the first time arcade games have ever been in the movies before. He's brought home Computer Space, which I don't even remember that one. Was that before Pong? It looked like Asteroids. Yeah, it looked like some old version of Asteroids. It, it was so funny because this past Christmas, got my daughters a PS5, and like this is taking place in 2022, and I'm like, look, guys, they got a PS5 too. <laughs> Their version of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that w woman playing it was so excited to be playing such an old game for 2022. I mean, that would be amazing in 1973. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. Yeah, I mean, again, and yes, for audiences of that time to imagine having an arcade console in your home and having all this space. Even now in New York, people don't have space like this. I mean, you really got to have a lot of money. People live on top of each other. So the fact that he's got, yeah, this big penthouse here... It speaks to the privilege and, yeah, what he might do for a living. And he is holding a secret that becomes the cornerstone of this movie is why does this man who seemingly has it all relent to the idea that when some, what looks like some junkie, breaks into his house with a tire iron and wants to take him out, he goes without complaint. He recognizes that he needs to be killed. I guess they kind of start giving things away because, yeah, he's he's so accepting that Gilbert's there to meat hook him. But there was a scene earlier where we see, like, where this thug that breaks in gets the weapon. Like, I don't know. I, I guess that's setting up the bigger conspiracy in the film. I, I just wonder if the mystery would have been deeper if this guy just shows up and kills this rich man. I think it would have. And what I love about this film is that it is a murder mystery. And the more they could make it mysterious, the better I think it would be, because that is its story engine. One of the problems I've had with these dystopian films that we've reviewed so far is that I feel like it's missing a story engine. Like with 1984, I'm like, really? This is the story from the book? I couldn't believe it. But here, you've got something very common, a murder mystery, as a hook and i think that works again credit the screenwriters because if you read that book it's basically an immigrant teenager that kills this man because he was going to sexually assault the woman in the apartment the furniture as it were and he'll spend most of the book just kind of running away from the cops but there is no greater conspiracy this man was not killed because of what he knew i think it's helpful to have that be the driving force. And indeed, it's hard to imagine this movie. It's hard to imagine enduring this movie's displeasures without having a mystery to tease. That and Charlton Heston, like, he, he's already been introduced into the film, but, like, when he comes in to start investigating this murder, I don't know, the dude is just fun. Like, the, the way he's taking that bar of soap and just a pillowcase <laughs> to start looting the fridge and everything. Like, look, Charlton Heston is problematic to me personally, but, like, I still love this performance. Like, he's a lot of fun here. 
He's unabashed. I'd like to think that at least today's police may do this, but they'll be abashed. But this is just so out in the open. He didn't have a body cam at the time. He could get away with it. <laughs> so if you want to hear the entire review of Soylent Green, as well as our thoughts on 100 years of dystopian films then you're going to want to head over to nowplayingpodcast.com and sign up to be a gold-level donor this winter. A $30 contribution is not only going to save Now Playing from a dire future where we have no financial means to keep running, but for you, it's going to unlock 10 podcasts devoted to science fiction classics spanning the last century. And I'm talking some big, heavy hitters here. Starting in the 1920s, we had Fritz Lang's silent movie classic, Metropolis, The 1930s had Aldous Huxley's classic novel, Brave New World. We covered the 2020 TV miniseries based on that. George Orwell's 1940s classic, 1984. Well, it was made into a movie in 1984. We've covered that. And Ray Bradbury's inflammatory 50s work, Fahrenheit 451. That got turned into a very mod, cool French movie. We've released all those shows. You'll get them right away when you donate. And in the weeks ahead, every Friday, we'll be releasing more. Starting with George Lucas. In the 70s, he had THX 1138. In the 80s, Terry Gilliam of Monty Python had Brazil. Kind of a joke on 1984. In the 1990s, Kevin Costner made the big-budget Waterworld. In the 2000s, a very powerful, dramatic film starring Clive Owen, Children of Men. And finally, Chris Evans is going to board now playing with his sci-fi classic, Snowpiercer. You'll get all of those films at gold level plus the silver level. You'll get six Adams Family podcasts that were made available last October. So much gloom and doom. How can you handle it? Well, I promise we, we're we going to keep it light. My fellow host and I really have fun and have a lot of information to share. It won't be as depressing to go through so much dystopia as it might sound on the surface. So, your future is filled with good times and quality podcasts when you join Now Playing this winter. I thank you in advance for your patronage and your support, and we'll talk to you soon. Gotta tell people. Tell them what? The ocean's dying. Plankton's dying. It's people. Soil and green is made out of people. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the views of Venganza Media Incorporated. Something stinks here. Venganza Media Incorporated is not affiliated with, and this podcast has not been prepared, approved, or licensed by any entity that created the film analyzed herein. Soylent controls the food supply for half the world. All movie clips and music included in this podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. It's perfectly legal.
Now Playing Podcast is an exclusive trademark of and may not be used without the express written permission of Vinganza Media Incorporated. Now Playing is a Vinganza Media production, copyright 2023, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Vinganza Media Incorporated. All rights reserved. I love you, Thorne. I love you, sir.